And will that money tree in the future also contain bitcoins? I want to talk a little bit about that. This is a, a week where we've seen Bitcoin surging to record highs every day this week, surpassing $7,000 for the first time after CME Group said it plans to start offering Bitcoin futures by the end of the year. Our next guest says Bitcoin finally attaining some credibility. Jack Ablin is chief investment officer at BMO Private Bank, roughly $68 billion in assets under management. And Jack joining us uh, once again on the phone from Chicago. Hey, Jack, nice to have you here. Thanks, Carol. I wanted to start with Bitcoin. I was looking through some of your research and some notes that you sent over. Uh, it is kind of interesting to see the continued upward m- momentum and movement uh, when it comes to Bitcoin. You say finally attaining some credibility. Uh, does that mean you think it's going to be a very significant factor in all of our lives going f- uh, forward? Well, it's certainly taking one step toward that. Uh, I think it, it, it uh, still the largest financial institutions have been reluctant to embrace it, just given its kind of history and, and kind of the, the reputation that it has as, as kind of, uh, uh, you know, the currency of the underworld, so to speak. So I think from that perspective, it's still uh, still going to be a, a difficult challenge. But, you know, having a, a futures contract certainly enables uh, the financial world to then build products now. I'm curious, too, of your investors and clients that you talk with in, uh, you know, either on the phone or as you travel around the country and the world. I'm just curious uh, how many people ask you about Bitcoin. A lot of individual investors are asking about Bitcoin just because it's up so much. I mean, it's up, you know, five or six hundred percent this year. Right. Um, and, and, and so um, that's gotten a lot of people's attention. And, um, you know, it's uh, obviously uh, the, the chart pattern alone isn't uh, isn't going to attract um, you know the, the the big players, but um, certainly gotten a lot of attention from retail investors. So, also getting a lot of attention this week is, of course, the labor market uh, today, specifically because of that monthly jobs report. But we've been talking a lot about uh, the economy overall now that we've got. President Trump, his nomination to be the next Fed chief. When you look at the economy overall, how do things feel? How do, how do you see things? Um, I, I think the, the economy is moving along as, as, as we should expect. Uh, our potential growth rate of our economy is about two. We're running at three now for the last couple quarters. That's great news. Some of it was, of course, 0.7%. In this last quarter, was inventory building, so that we'll probably have to give back in a, in a future quarter. But all in all, um, you know, very solid, very slow, steady, uh, which is a good thing because if you're looking for the ingredients of a recession, you have to look for excesses. And I just don't see too many excesses, at least in, on Main Street economy. You don't see too much leverage, too much debt. Um, you know, that's certainly a concern. It's more on the financial side. Mm-hmm. Um, and my my issue is if I look for one metric that would suggest that perhaps the end of this risk-taking environment is behind us is we start to see anything that would force interest rates to rise faster than the economy can sustain it. So if we get, for example, inflation, we start running out of capacity toward the end of a business cycle or in the labor market, we start to see uh, prices increase, uh, that could be an indication. But even based on our models, we don't see too much inflation pressure for the next 12 to 18 months. What kind of pressure, though, do you see with the era and age of easy money being 
money, easy money, excuse me, being over. And I'm just talking about, you know, we've had, what, a decade of, of central banks flooding the economies with money, and we're seeing that change. Well, yeah, that, and that is important. But keep in mind, even with the Fed talking about, you know, pulling back from quantitative easing, uh, we have to remember what they're talking about is reducing their reinvestment program. Right now, uh, up till this month, the, the Fed has bought between 30 and $40 billion of bonds per month as they um, face coupon payments and, and maturities from their uh, government holdings and their mortgage holdings. Um, and they're going to scale that back a little bit. So in many respects, what the Fed is telling us is like we're going to go on a diet. Uh, and instead of eating three donuts a day, we're going to only eat two donuts a day. Tell me why, in some of the research, we just got about 40 seconds, you, you chose to write about, I think, Mandalay Homes uh, and, their, and their building of ultra-energy-efficient homes. Why is that something that caught your interest and just got about 40 seconds? Sure. The reason is I, I take notice when uh, con- there are really, really two motivations to get into an industry, profits or some kind of a strategic interest. And it's, it's notable that China is now running headlong into alternative energy. Um, and battery power and, and electric cars. And the reason for that is because they don't care about profits, and that's the implication here. So what, what's going to happen is the cost of a lot of these things is going to come down. But if you're competing, if you're a Tesla and you're competing against the largest manufacturers of electric cars in the world and your competitors don't care about profits, I think you have a problem. But all, all in all, we're going to benefit. All right. Good stuff to talk uh, to think about, talk about uh, on this Friday. Jack Ablin over at BMO Private Bank on the phone from Chicago. Thank you.